You're listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is The Short List, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today, Rick Hurst, publisher of the newspaper African American Point of View. Welcome back, Rick. It's good to be back. Thank you. We like to have you here. And we're also joined by the Daily Hampshire Gazette's Larry Parnas. Welcome back, Larry. Thank you, Susan. So let's get right to this. I spoke with Bob Nakostein about a new mass benchmark report showing that the state's economy is doing well. And when I pointed out that the good news doesn't extend to cities in Western Mass, he says some of the issues facing Springfield aren't on the radar of Beacon Hill policymakers. Some of the problems in Springfield are, are really difficult to solve. It's got an economy that, that's hollowed out. It's got real issues, and, and some of these issues are so daunting that I think that people just don't want to face them. So in a week that saw the passage of the Massachusetts state budget, Larry, is Western Mass getting its fair share? Boy, Susan, that's a tough question. Um, you know, Bob Nakastein puts out a terrific report regularly that, that uh, is honest about who's getting, what economic issues are getting addressed. Uh, I don't think there's anything in the state budget uh, that dramatically changes this divide, this fiscal divide, uh, east and west. Rick, I'm curious, you know, we had former Governor Deval Patrick living part-time in western Massachusetts. Do you think that made any difference? I don't really think it made much of a difference. Uh, I was quite disappointed that he was not more impactful. You'd, you might have thought that he would be more sensitive to the deep-seated problems that we have here in Springfield. Uh, I, I think he made more talk than action. Well, now, one thing that we know about this is it's not a new trend. In fact, when Bob and I were speaking about this, he said, well, it's it's basically been going on for about 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your best hopes? What are your thoughts about what could possibly turn it around? I, I really think you have to figure out what business can be nurtured in Springfield and try to encourage folks to move in here. I think that um, the, the one business that we're getting here that is really important is the um, trolley cars that are going to be built by a Chinese company. I don't know how we lucked up on that, but it appears that it's going to come through. That is fascinating. And But before we get to that or more about that, I do want to ask one more question about sort of leadership, because we now have Stan Rosenberg leading the Senate. So I'm wondering, Larry, do you think that's going to make a difference? I think Stan— He's from Amherst, obviously. Right. I think Stan uh, is paying, continuing to pay good attention to his constituency here, and I think he has— people's interests and this region's interests at heart. He's in a, you know, he's in a different role now, and he cannot be the same kind of state senator that he used to be. Um, you know, in Nakustin's report, if I could just flip back there for one second, there were one, one of the three positive things that he mentioned was the casino development, and yes. that the private investment in the casinos, both here, Everett, and with the new slots parlor, adds up to $2 billion more than $2 billion, and that is significant. That is happening here. Yeah, and Union Station is well along the way. Uh, there are some things going on that weren't going on before. Uh, but we're still way behind. And not only that, the one thing that disappoints me about these benchmark reports is they don't break them down enough by by ethnic group and what have you, because these are several different economies that we're I'll talking say, about. For sure. That's a good point. Also this week, moving along, revelations that a drug lab chemist in Amherst had tainted not dozens, as first suspected, but potentially thousands of criminal cases. Rick, 
not to always call on you because of your law background, but how is the public supposed to put tremendous faith in these analysts when one person or a handful of them can so disrupt our criminal justice system? Uh, they shouldn't, but the ones who should be worried about it are the people who are accused of crimes. You know, the, the whole criminal justice system is based upon our belief that it will work fairly. And when it doesn't, and in situations like this, you know, I mean, I, I've been pretty much into this law business. I, I, I work for the um, public defenders who are really crying out about this thing. And, um, you know, you know when people come in accused of crimes, drug crimes, uh, you, you know up front that a lot of them have done it. But you also know that some did not do the crime. Now, let's say there's 1% innocent people who got incarcerated because of that Operation of Dukin and this this other lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's too many. Uh, it, it causes you to lose your faith in in the system. Right, exactly. We lose our faith, and then the question is, Larry, how do we trust the state to monitor this? Since clearly there's been a problem. Well, the uh, the the State Department of Public Health, with which the Northampton District Attorney Dave Sullivan uh, called. Uh, Responsible for gross negligence in the lack of oversight of the of the drug testing program, is not in that business anymore. It's the state police who are in charge of that. What really has me thinking is why was there such a delay in in determining the the breadth of this, uh, the effect on cases it, when uh, when Sonia Farak of Northampton was arrested in uh, early 2014, uh, the attorney general said that her um, malfeasance went back only six months. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm not. I don't mean to cut you off. We've got we've got to go to the next subject, but also I want to point out that that is, I think, a very important thing for us to all watch, which is who's in charge, who's on first. How did it get to this point? If a district, if a if a private attorney hadn't dug into this records and determined that she'd been doing this since 2004, we wouldn't know. And tens of it's 10,000 cases that are affected. Well, yeah, we'll I, be talking I, more about it. But guess what? And I and I'm sorry to have to do this, but we're going to have to switch to. Bill Cosby's troubles. Now, here's the thing. Okay, we all know that they got worse this week uh, when court records were unsealed showing that he had admitted to using Quaalude prescriptions to give women who he wanted to have sex with. Um, And it's clearly a national story. But unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, some of the court action is taking place in federal court here. And Cosby's a UMass graduate who lives in Shelburne Falls. So let's take just a minute here to reflect on what would you call it a tremendous fall from grace? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, uh, they're removing uh, the bronze statue of him from Disney World. He backed off of the UMass Rising campaign, which he was a leader. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a titanic fall. Yeah, and there's a campaign to take his medal away that the president gave him. How impactful do you think this is? How much of a difference is it going to make? And what kind of difference? Well, I don't think it makes that much of a difference, to be honest with you. I mean, Cosby, we deified him some time ago when we shouldn't have. Now mm-hmm. he's fallen, and we make that as big as the deification. If, in that, fact, if Rick, the, the deification, he, uh, the Associated Press, in pressing and winning the release of these uh, 2005 depositions, argued to the judge that he was a public moralist, oh, and yes. his conduct is relevant here. And I thought the judge made a great decision at, mm-hmm. uh, on that basis. But meanwhile, this is going to be a slow train wreck. Uh, revelations are going to keep coming out through the next couple of oh, months. Oh, he uh, personally, he's done. It, it's a devastation, uh, and it's going to last for the rest of his life.
I, I wouldn't be surprised if the stress took him out. Well, you know what? We are going to be talking more about this, and I just want to thank you. Rick Hurst is publisher of African American Point of View. Larry Parnas edits the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Thanks so much to both of you for joining us. You're welcome, My Susan. pleasure. Thank me. you, and thank you for listening to The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. This is New England Public Radio. I'm Susan Kaplan. Thank you.